and welcome back to the Film School for Marketers podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Zach Basner, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mariah Anderson. Howdy. And we hope you're doing well. We're very uh, pleased that you dropped by to spend some time with us today. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Uh, not only enjoy our guests, but enjoy our topic because what we've really done for the past you know, few weeks and, and it seems like a few months, but at least the past few episodes is really focused on how what's going on in the world is affecting what we're doing right now. But we've neglected to really speak about how everything that's happening right now is going to affect us in the long term, how it affects our strategy, how it affects our communication, and certainly how it affects the tools that we use to communicate with our buyers. And I couldn't think of anybody better to bring on the show than my friend and one of the coolest people that I know, co-founder and CEO of Vidyard, Michael Litt. Michael, welcome to the show, man. I am absolutely pumped to be here. I've been waiting for my invitation for <laughs> what feels like years. And so when it came into my uh, LinkedIn email, I was uh, absolutely pumped. So thanks for having me. Well, we're super pleased to have you. And, and I think that... Um, just knowing you and, and the way that you think about video technology and everything that Vidyard is uh, doing, you've got a really unique and good perspective into the future of, of video technology. And obviously what we're seeing right now is that a lot of new people um, are adopting new video tools and trying to get the most out of it. But what we might see is some changes because of all that adoption, we might see some changes in that technology. So um, I guess, first of all, Michael, how has this all affected things for a video technology company like Vidyard? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thank you for asking. Um, so I think first and foremost, you know, there's been this transition obviously to, to, to work from home and it doesn't, you know, take a lot of, of in-depth analysis to consider that, this is now going to be a big part of our reality moving forwards, uh, regardless of, of, of what comes back into play with respect to uh, easing of, of kind of quarantine at home and, and, and working from home conditions. And so because we've been forced to work from home, any business that was already digitally enabled was able to move into that reality really quickly, right? So Vidyard, for example, we use Slack for daily communications. Every meeting room was already Zoom enabled. Every meeting we had already had a Zoom link appended to it because we're a global organization. We have people in Boston, in Boulder, in Dublin, um, you know, all over the place, and we need to engage them accordingly. And so to make them feel 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 welcome and committed to the company when we were all basically, I, I forgot Vancouver in that list actually, um, all located at HQ, we needed Zoom to be a part of that process. And so our transition to this was relatively straightforward. Um, my wife and I were in Belize. We were kind of watching the pandemic come to North America. We went home, went into work on Monday, and by Thursday, we were all working from home and we haven't gone back. Now, that's a tech company, right? We were fully enabled with real-time video and, and uh, real-time text communication products. A lot of businesses weren't. There's this, this massive kind of laggard industries that are now rushing to figure out what these digital communication processes look like, whether that's internally or externally. And so they're looking at things like Zoom, and we've, we've all heard about Zoom's acceleration and, and growth curve. Um, I've heard the word Microsoft Teams used more than, than I probably previously ever would have. Um, I was just talking to a banker this morning that was excited to get on Microsoft Teams in three months from now. Wow. Um, and so that's a, you know, a massive indicator that there's these laggard industries that were not necessarily tech enabled 
And so that's creating an amazing opportunity for businesses in this space, VDR included. Now, one of the things that we always saw and heard prior to this new reality was that um, you know people weren't necessarily comfortable getting on their webcam. And I never really understood that because if you're a salesperson, for instance, and you're comfortable meeting a prospect or a customer in person, you know, the idea of being on a webcam actually seemed less daunting mm-hmm. than, you know, like in a webcam, you only need your upper half to be business, right? We had a, a really funny circumstance yesterday where we were doing our, our, our weekly town hall and Tyler Lassard, who you both probably know and have met, was wearing a tuxedo. And at the end of the call, he got up and he had this little itty bitty bathing suit on and uh, everybody, everybody lost it. It was, it was absolutely incredible. But anyways, back, back to the point. Um, so now what's happened is if you're going to have meetings as an organization and you're going to, and you're going to be able to capture the body language of those meetings, which is so important. Uh, same thing goes in the sales process. You know, you're going to be using zoom with your webcam on and you can't always have a real-time conversation. Obviously, emails, Slack messages, all that stuff is on demand. Uh, and so our product, our Chrome extension, is the very same thing. And so adoption of that product has increased like beyond imagination. And every week, it's setting new records because you know the value of that product is someone sends a video, someone sees that, they think, hey, that's cool. They mm-hmm. sign up, they start using it in their organization. There's some, some virality built into it. And so this void has opened up in this in this world of, of video communication and i don't think that void is going to close and there's all these technologies that enable this that are that are ultimately rushing in and so i think these habits are going to stick um, because there's going to be preferences to have these types of interactions versus traveling mm-hmm. and if you think about you know traveling to visit a customer traveling to visit a prospect best or whatever it is that's a that's a highly inefficient process right like you might be spending 15 hours traveling for a one hour meeting. Imagine if you got that 15 hours back because you could use video effectively to communicate ideas and build those relationships. And we've always said video is the next best thing to being there in person. And now it's the, it's the only choice in comparison to being there in person. So a lot has changed in the landscape and uh, you know, it's, it's hard to be uh, completely opportunistic in a world that is so challenged and so uncertain, but to your point, we have to look around this and have to think about what the next phase of, of video technologies look like in helping people communicate. That's really interesting. And I've heard you talk a lot about this, uh, this idea of cutting down on meeting time using one-to-one video. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, not, like not to toot our own horn, but we've been talking about using video to just cut down on the sales cycle for a long time now. Yeah. Um, but I think, I, I think what's interesting is the um, the inundation, if that's even a word, of virtual meetings, and just like everyone thinks that now, well, you're at home, so you know we can ha- we have more time now. Yeah. People might think their time is a little more precious. <laughs> Time's a yeah. lot more precious now than it used to be. How are you seeing companies um, doing with that, as far as using one to one and personalized video before meetings to cut down? on the duration of virtual sales calls or appointments or things? Yeah, it's an awesome question. Um, Super, super astute based on what's going on right now. So my first week of working from from this garage that you you see me in here today um, was in between 12 and 16 hours a day of Zoom calls. And, you know, I developed all sorts of discomforts mentally and physically from that um, that I've, I've, I've now learned to address 
Um, and we've seen a lot of companies do the same, right? I think the, the, the first week was, you know, you want to get on a bunch of one-on-ones. You want to talk to people. You want to see how they're feeling. You want to give them confidence. You want to um, get a, just get a read on, on what the next couple of weeks are ultimately going to look like. And so, yeah, Zoom calls, right? Real-time meetings, get as much FaceTime as possible. After week one, you know, I, uh, I started to get what we call Zoomed out, right? I was kind of, I was kind of daunted by the day. Um, my day would start at 7. It would end sometime between 7, 10, even 11 p.m., you know, updating investors, teams, et cetera. And so, and one of the other things we notice is on a Zoom call, it's very hard to get to the same level of consensus you get to in an in-person meeting, right? In an in-person meeting, you don't really leave the room until you've decided what you're going to do next. Yeah. And a Zoom call, you know, ends at the top of the hour and there might be all this kind of open-ended stuff hanging. And so we started mandating preparation for meetings that included the sharing of information before time, before the meeting, but also anticipated outcomes and expected mm-hmm. outcomes from that meeting. And so what we did was, um, and again, a whole bunch of companies have done this, which led to the loss of, or led to the launch of our secure comps product, is shorten meetings from an hour to 30 minutes. And so, you know, on an entire week, that's a huge savings in the amount of time you're spending on Zoom calls. And then mandate that the meeting holder could only have that meeting if they were sending out a pre-recorded video using our product ahead of the meeting with all the material, had to be done in five minutes or less, and the expected outcome or the anticipated outcome or the decision that needed to come out of that session. And so everybody then can watch that video on their own time right? And all the time that we've carved out by reducing meetings to only 30 minutes and get an idea of what they need to think about going into the meeting, take notes, whatever, and then get into that 30 minute discussion with an outcome at the end. And to enable that, what we realized we had to do was advance the roadmap on all of our secure communications functionality. So a couple of weeks ago, we launched our uh, password protection SSO. Um, it's free right now because we want to help companies communicate this way. And uh, the adoption has been absolutely, absolutely off the charts, phenomenal, because companies are looking for ways of, again, engaging with their audiences, whether that's external or internal, mm-hmm. using visuals, using body language, using all the stuff that we love about in-person meetings, um, but enabling people to be able to consume that content on their time before the broader meeting and decision needs to happen. And that's super functional in the sales process as well. Um, and the reality is, is the people you're selling to also don't want to sit on Zoom calls all day. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be able to consume content and information on their own. Um, the sales order is the greatest example of that, right? Walk that person through the sales order ahead of actually getting on that conversation with them so they can develop their questions. You can control the way they consume the sales order. You know, that's one small example of how it helps the, uh, the sales process. How do you feel like these one-to-one tools are going to be changing over the next couple of years? Like, like obviously the, on the hosting side of, of these products, you know, things are going to continue to be more interactive. I think viewers are going to be better at using functionality of a video, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like forms and buttons and things like that and choose your own adventure type of stuff. But Michael, how do you see this, this one-to-one or one-to-many, this personalized video tool changing over this next, I don't know, year or two years? Yeah, for sure. I think for starters, because there is um, the advancement of these laggard industries that were not quick to to pick up technologies, 
um, like this, they have to be uh, increasingly simple to use because you have audiences that, you know, aren't super tech proficient that are trying to use these tools, right? And so it's got to be one click to record a video, one click to send with the workflow around how you add things like transcriptions, call to actions, et cetera, built in a very logical format um, that supports the, the, the general buyer's journey as it relates to, to one-to-one video communication. So what we've been working on for a really long time is this thing we call the new Vidyard experience. Internally, it's called NVE. And it takes a lot of the complication out of setting up a video for one-to-one communication. For instance, it used to take about 16 clicks to secure a video. We've now reduced that to two in the workflow. Adding a transcription to a video so that people can watch it with audio off um, and it's more accessible is now done on the sharing page. And so all these, all these uh, technologies that used to be looked at as add-ons actually get a whole lot simpler. The next thing that I think is going to be really important is giving people the ability to, to script video. And so you've probably done this with the tool. I know I have. I sit down. I've got a great idea for video I want to send a customer. I start going through it. I'm 30 seconds in and I lose my train of thought. Mm-hmm. Probably because I'm looking at myself talking. I'm like, look at that idiot. He looks like such an idiot. Um, <laughs> this, is the, this is why people don't want to see themselves on webcam. And I start thinking about all, all sorts yeah. of other things. And so teleprompter, for instance, where you could take a cadence, which is commonly used in customers and deploy that across the team. And so when they're recording videos, they're actually able to uh, communicate confidently when reading a script or reading text and, and modifying that, right? And so it's really simplifying the process of nailing your message consistently and as concisely as possible to be able to do this more effectively and scale more confidently. That's going to be so, so important. Um, because again, these, these non-traditional users are now becoming users uh, for, for the purpose of survival, right? Like if you're not able to communicate with video in a world where you cannot meet in person, um, you know, it's going to be hard to survive. Mm-hmm. Do you foresee, like we would talk a little bit in the past about how people would be so excited and just like, I've never seen a video like this before in an email. And just like, it just really stands out amongst all the clutter that people get in their inboxes. And I'm curious now with everybody's more people starting to do this, how competitive that's going to get and how in the future, probably actually more in the immediacy, there's going to be more of a focus on strategy of being creative and standing out since more people are adopting it. I think there's, there's two ways of thinking about that. I'll take uh, the latter one. Um, there's always going to be innovations in the way people are using video to communicate, right? And, and what they're presenting behind them, what they're presenting if they're using the screen recorder, um, yada, 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 right? Like the, the starting point of this was the, the whiteboard with the name written on it. Like, oh my God, like my name is on that whiteboard yeah. and there's a play button. Like that's a call to action. I have to <laughs> click that. Like it just triggers this vanity response in people. Um, that still works by the way, but yeah. there's, you know, people have gone far beyond that, right? I mean, we've, we've built technology to enable the personalization of that type of workflow at scale mm-hmm. in an automated fashion now to support those companies. So there's always going to be new stuff coming and the techniques used in video to stand out just like, you know, there are in in-person meetings, right? Now, the other side of it is, you know, let's think about other technologies that had this amazing kind of flash and bang promise when they were initially released. Think about an iPhone, right? The first time I used an iPhone, um, I was coming off of a BlackBerry, um, which is a little bit sacrilege because BlackBerry was was invented in my hometown and where our HQ is. 
And it was an amazing experience, right? It was a, it was a novel experience. Now everybody uses it and it's mm-hmm. just part of the way we, we work and the way we exist and the way we communicate. Uh, email. When email was first invented, oh my God, I can write a message and send it to someone and they can read it and respond to me. I don't need to send them a, a piece of paper memo. I don't need to have phone calls. Holy shit. Pardon my French, but this is amazing. <laughs> and so I think video communication in that workflow, like I see is the same thing. Yeah. Right. If you think about the way you communicate on a daily basis today, it's, it's email, it's phone, it's text. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, text happens in, in things like Slack and Microsoft teams. Uh, it's video calls and things like zoom. It's also going to be sending videos to people that they can consume on demand. And so mm-hmm. some people think that, yeah, it's, it's, there's a novelty to this technology because it's new Mm -hmm. and that is absolutely correct. But this is, and and has to be a status quo method of communicating and sharing information. So that's the reality I'm really excited for because that means global penetration. And that has been completely enabled by this COVID-19 opportunity. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, we were like for the longest time, this has been video communication is the next big thing, right? right? Like it's it for a lot of people. That's been the thing, but it's really just not the next big thing. It's the new thing. Yeah. It's just like, you're talking yeah. about email and like these big mm-hmm. disruptors. They weren't just the next thing in line. They were totally new. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think of a world in which you don't communicate with email. It's going to be the same thing with mm-hmm. video. Now what's interesting, Michael, is I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Yes. Do you think that video technologies are going to have to become uh, advanced enough to make it possible to have a a 100% virtual or visual sales process or customer service process. In other words, a buyer or customer would not actually have a a real-time interaction with a salesperson or a customer service representative, but instead go through it all virtually and with video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's already happening, man. That's the (laughs) Holy grail. Um, If you, uh, some of the best examples of this, right. Are um, video goes out in an email campaign, right. Or somebody searches something, right. Um, I'm a huge fan of they ask you answer and that, that framework um, because that's a really great way of, 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 of building audience, right? So let's let's use an example like that. Um, I know you've talked about this. You talked about this at our at our at our company kickoff. So hopefully it's it's not a terrible thing. We put a roof on the cottage last year, and and I had a lot of questions about steel versus asphalt, right? And so I started asking those questions, and I found a series of videos that responded to those questions that I had, right? And so that was my entry point to talking to a company. Now. That business that I talked to, and I'm a, I'm a millennial. I'm you know I'm video. I'm technology first. Like I'll do as much research as possible before I even talk to anybody. And if I can avoid talking to somebody, mm-hmm. I will. So found the company I liked. Found the technology I liked before I've even talked to somebody in sales. Right. So that's when then where most companies move into this in person process. Right. Where they're trying to get a call. They're trying to get an on-site meeting. And, and there's some industries like roofing where that absolutely needs to happen. But in things like software, right, they've, they've done the research, they've watched the video, they've filled in the form, right? Video is the next best thing to being there in person. Now there's a sales rep that gets this contact or this lead and can send them an email, can send them a video and can interact with them and build that relationship to the point, especially if the customer is willing to do the same thing, 
to where a sales order gets gets transferred and, and ultimately a purchase gets made because you can 100% build a relationship over email. You can 100% build a relationship over text messages. It's just easier to do when there's this visual component and there's body language and there's familiarities and, and there's mimicry and all that awesome stuff that goes on. If you want to become a customer of, of our Chrome extension today, um, that is an entirely video-based process where there is no salesperson involved unless you want to put a bunch of people on the product and require training and launch and customization. But if you want to use our pro product, you can go down, install the Chrome extension. You can see what features and functionality you get with an upgrade. You'll see a bunch of videos, customer testimonials, case studies, et cetera. And you can choose to insert your credit card without ever talking to anybody. And, and, you know, because of this motion, there's thousands of people doing this a week now. And Mm so it's, uh, it's really exciting to see. And, and we're not the only company doing it. So I, I think we're actually closer to that reality than a lot of people would, would, would believe. And I think companies need to really think long and hard about, especially now, how are we going to minimize the, the workload on our sales team to, to keep them fresh for the best, highest quality, most proficient, highest propensity leads and let everything else happen in an automated process using the video journey across all of our campaigns, our website, external forces, et cetera. Gosh, I feel like we could end right there. That'd be a good note, but I have another question. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So um, I want to see if I can get some spoilers, but you don't have to tell me anything that's confidential. But I uh, am curious to know, is there anything for us Vidyard customers that is going to be possible for us in a year that isn't possible for us right now? That is a fantastic question. Yes, 100, 100%. I mean, there's stuff that's going to be made possible in the next, in the next month, right? Um, I mean, we've already, we've already launched a lot of the, the, the secure features. And so internal communications, sensitive information, password protection, SSO, right? The same workflow you follow to secure Google Doc is now available on your Vidyard content. I already talked about teleprompter. Right. So being able to inject a cadence or a script into the workflow of your users, your team, et cetera, that make making video communications at scale a lot easier. Um, those are like two of the, the very immediate things. Um, but otherwise, like the team is super, super focused on, on, on two things right now. One is the, the content creation experience. And so how do we make that richer? How do we make that easier? How to make it faster? And then the viewing experience. How do we make the viewing experience as seamless as possible and add things like feedback loops and, and ways for people to respond in, 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 in methods that are completely natural to the way they would use technology and don't actually feel like a departure from their anything else. And so to, to do that, and, and the reason this is ambiguous is because we're doing tons and tons of research by looking at usage data, by talking to customers and users and trying to get an understanding of, of where things are ultimately falling short. And what we've always done from a product management perspective is say, you know, customers will tell us, you know, what they want all the time. And, and that's a huge, hugely important part of our, our product management process, but it's up to us to take that information and infer what they need. And so these two categories are where a lot of that exists. And 
you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of this because the product team will, will kill me <laughs> for talking about things that are in research stage that might not come out to market. Because every time I do this and I say something is coming, we get customers being like, I want it now. And it wasn't planned for, you know, six or eight months from now and priorities obviously change. Um, but you should be asking for teleprompter and you should be, and you should be asking for, um, better, better playback and and better viewer experiences because those are coming relatively fast, and I'm really excited to uh, to hear everybody's feedback on them. People are gonna yeah. love that, <laughs> especially the teleprompter one. It's probably one of the biggest things Zach and I hear all the time in terms of people just freezing up and, like you said, probably looking at themselves and be like, "Oh, I don't like this." <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. If you ever sit in front of the mirror and talk, I mean, it's like sitting in front of the mirror and talking it to is. yourself, right? It's a it's a weird it's a weird experience, and so yeah. there's a lot of things we can do to to mitigate that and build people's confidence. And and again, right now, people have more confidence in this than ever before, you know, by necessity. And so. It's an amazing opportunity to to help people really transform how they communicate with customers and with each other, and this is this is the new reality. And uh, and regardless of of when the vaccination comes and when medication comes and, and when we feel comfortable actually having these conversations in person, the legacy of what we did here and now and how we built our businesses to be successful during this critical and really uncertain time is what is going to make us all successful over the next couple of years when the roaring 20s come into play. Man, I'm pumped up. Yeah. Yeah. You just pumped me up, man. This awesome. is awesome. I'm so glad. Me too. Me too. I'm it's a rainy day here and I'm, I'm pumped. Aww. I'm excited. <laughs> Michael, I'm so excited to see when you guys do the uh, benchmark report. I'm so curious to see like the next time that it happens, how drastic things change, obviously, with everything that's happened. It'll be interesting. Yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. We should do an interim report because yeah. things have changed so much. And that that report kind of went out just pre-COVID. Yeah. So I'm going to take that note. Thank you. <laughs> well, Michael, we uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. We love you all at Vidyards. Yeah. Um, and we love you guys too. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a smooth partnership. It's just I, I feel like you all are an extension of the Impact family, mm-hmm. and and it means a lot that you spent some time with us today and shared your thoughts on this stuff. If anybody um, is wanting to get more information on some of the stuff that you talked about, we'll obviously link up the internal comms product and some of these other things. But where would you direct our viewers and listeners to stay up to date with you and everything that's going on with Vidyard? Yeah, for sure. Um, follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I, I, I kind of post most of the awesome innovations, exciting things coming out of Vidyard. Um, follow me on Twitter. That's just Michael Litt. Same thing goes for the Vidyard handle. Um, our social team has really, really upped the, uh, the Instagram game. We've got a really funny set of videos that are launching right now that depict the challenges of, of using things like Zoom for communications. I don't know if you've seen those yet. Uh, the first one dropped yesterday. Um, but yeah, there's lots of ways to engage with us. Of course, our website is a wealth of information, but I'm always available. I love talking about this stuff. Reach out to me directly, slide into my DMs, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I love to chat about how you're using video. Well, we appreciate you, viewers and listeners as well. Thank you for spending time with us. We're honored that you make us a part of your week each week. If you have any questions, make sure you drop those down in the comment section below. Like this video if you enjoyed it. And make sure you tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Film School for Marketers podcast. Until we see you next time, keep learning. Keep learning.